0: in verse 1 therefore when the Lord knew that the Pharisees has heard that Jesus made and baptized listen to this more disciples than John although Jesus himself did not baptize you see this he left Judea and departed again to Galilee listen it's important but he had to go through Samaria He had to go through Samaria. Listen, so he came to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar near the plot of the ground that Jacob had gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. This is a very common story. Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied from his journey, set by the well. It was about the sixth hour around noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. He said, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to get food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Listen, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered. And he said these words to her. Amen. If you knew the gift of God. Everybody say the gift. Everybody say the gift. Thank you. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that he was leaving Galilee. And he was going to Judea. Amen? And normally, the route that was taken, because of the issues and the controversies that the Jews had with the Samaritan people, the Jews would walk all the way around this city. They would walk all the way around it. So instead of going through Samaria, the shortest distance between two points is what? Thank you. From A to B, and the shortest distance from point A from Galilee to go to Judea would to be go right through Samaria, but they would not go through Samaria because they were unpure people. They, were, they, they, they did not have any dealings with them. History that goes all the way back to the Old Testament and division between them. Amen. So they would take a detour all the way around the city to avoid contact. Amen. But Jesus comes along. Don't y'all love Jesus? But Jesus comes along, somebody. But Jesus comes along, and the Scripture said that he took a different route. He took a different perspective. Look at verse 4. He had to go through Samaria. Amen. The Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. Obviously, Jesus had in mind that there was a purpose that he had to go through. Amen. Obviously, there was a purpose he had to go through. Now, I want you to understand this because he would have most likely been ridiculed at that time because most people, especially people that were considered to be Jewish rabbis, were not allowed to talk to women at that specific time. They were, number one, not to have dealings with Samaritans, number two, to talk to women at that time. But Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Amen. It's a necessity, he said, that I go through there. Because when I go through there, it's not about a route that I'm going to take. It's about a purpose that I'm going to fulfill. Amen. He said, I got to go through Samaria and I'm not taking a route. He said, I'm fulfilling a purpose. It's not about a route I'm taking. It's about a purpose that I got to fulfill. And can I bring this up to you this morning? That in life you have to realize that sometimes there are things that you are not going to be able to go around. There are things that you won't be able to go over. There are things that you won't be able to go under. There are things that you are not going to be able to avoid in life. Amen. The only route you're going to be able to take is through it. you got to go through it. Most people don't like that route. We take the route with least resistance. Amen. Most people don't like that route, but sometimes on this journey, there are just some things that life will hand you that you're going to have to walk through. Yes. Amen. Look at Acts fourteen twenty two. Listen to the words. We must through many tribulations, come on somebody, enter the kingdom of God. Look at Psalm 23, 4. what did he say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 43, 2. I tell y'all this. They put me on a ventilator two years ago. My wife come and grabbed my phone and opened it up, and it was on this verse right here. My mouth to God's ear. I'm telling you the truth. This is what I was reading when I died. My favorite verse, Isaiah 43:2. When you pass through, not if, not if, but when you pass. Through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, come on, somebody. There are things in your life that you are going to have to walk through. He says and when you're going through the fire, I'll be with you. You won't even get burned and the flames won't even scorch you. Amen. Hallelujah. One more verse. Look at Psalm 66, 12. We went through the fire and we went through the water, but you brought us out. Woo! With rich fulfillment. (laughs) Hallelujah. The point I'm trying to tell you this morning is this. There are some things that you're just going to have to walk through. There are some things that you are just going to have to walk through. And here's the reality of it. If God allows me to walk through it, it's because there's a bigger purpose in it. You missed it. If God allows me to walk through it, there means there is a bigger purpose that is in it. And right now, you might be walking through a situation or a circumstance or you're going through different things and maybe sometimes our prayer is just get me out, God. Get me out, God. Get me out. But I've learned that if God doesn't get you out, he is committed to get you through. If God doesn't get you out, He is committed to get you through. Amen. He's committed to get you through. It never ceases to amaze me that in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible starts in verse 2. It's the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible starts in verse 2. Goes all the way down to verse 32, and it says, by faith, by faith, by faith they attained, by faith they did this, by faith they did, read it, read chapter 11, all the way down to verse 32. Then it gets to Hebrews verse 33, chapter 11. And it says, through what? Through faith. through faith. You missed it. Come on. Come on. It says, through, through. faith. Amen. Because listen to me, it's one thing to have the faith to achieve or to accomplish. But it is another thing to have the faith to walk through things in the storms that life has thrown at you. You can have all the faith in the world to accomplish things. You can have the faith in the world to meet your goals. But do you got faith to walk through the hardships in this world? Amen. He says it's through faith. It's great to see And to have faith to obtain something or to get something. Amen. But what about the kind of faith? When people have the faith, when people who stand in faith, watch this. When life doesn't resemble what God promised you it would look like. When your life... Does it resemble what God promised you it would look like? Do you have through faith? Huh? It's those times that you've got to have through faith. When you say, God, i got to get through this. It's the through times. It's the struggling times. It's easy to praise God whenever things going good. It's the through times and the through faith. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm still going to do this. I'm going through it. It's the through faith. Amen. It's the through faith. What does your faith look like when things aren't good? What does your faith look like when you ain't got no money? Amen. Can you still praise God while my kids are still working on their testimony? Can I still praise God while my kids are still working on their testimony? Come on, parents. Can you praise God through these times? Can I still praise God when I get the bad doctor report? I'm talking about having through faith when everything around you says the opposite. But I choose to praise God. I choose to keep serving Him. I choose to keep worshiping. Amen. So there are some things, listen, in life that you get in going through that you don't get by going around. Amen. There are some things in life that you get by going through that you will never, ever, 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 ever get by going around it. And let me give you an example. How about your prayer life? Huh? When you're going through something, you don't try to stand up and be like, oh, Lord. I, I, I. No, you got snot in your face and you're like, Jesus, help me. God, I need you. You got a whole different prayer life when you're going through something. Amen. Amen. You get stuff. It's through faith. It's not by faith. This is through faith, what I'm talking about. Amen. Jesus said in John 4.10, look at this. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, give me a drink. There was a woman who had three sons. Amen. This woman had three sons and they had all moved away. And they had been very successful in life. And as their mother got older, they decided one Christmas, they said, you know what, let's go all out for our mom. I want you to understand this. Jesus said, if you knew the gift that was standing in front of you. These three sons went all out for their mother. And they said, you know what, it's Christmas. The first son says, I'm going to get mom a brand new house. Whoa. The second son comes up and he says, you know what, since... You got her the house. He says, I'm going to get her a brand new car. The third son said this. He said, well, you know, those are really great gifts. But you know how much mom loves to read her Bible. She loves her word. She loves getting into the Bible. But as she's getting older, her vision's starting to get bad. He says, so I went out and bought this exclusive, one of a kind, exotic parrot that can actually speak the scriptures to mom. It was taught 12 years by the elders of the church. The scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. All she's got to do is ask the parrot, give it a book in the Bible, and give it a verse, and the parrot will speak to him. Speak the scripture to him. So after mom received the Christmas gifts, she knew and she felt it in her heart that she should send out thank you cards to the sons. She sends a thank you card to the first son and she says, son, thank you so much for the house. I love it. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But here's the problem. It's too big. I only live in one room of it, but I got to keep the whole thing clean. And she wrote the second son a thank you card. And she says, son, thank you so much for the car." I love it but here's the problem i'm getting old and i don't go anywhere and it just sits in the garage and then she wrote the thank you card to the third son she said son thank you so much out of all three of them you're the only one that had some sense I love you son. Thank you for sending me chicken. It was delicious. <laughs> send your emails to peckandpaul.com. Don't send them to me. I don't want to hear. Them. Thank you for the chicken. It was delicious. Here's what I want you to see. She didn't understand the nature of the gift. She didn't understand the nature of the gift. She didn't understand because she didn't understand the nature of the gift. She treated it in a way other than how it was to be utilized or received. Amen. She didn't understand the nature of the gift. And this is what was taking place here in Samaria. If you knew the gift of God, right? This is what was taking place. Jesus was saying to her, if you knew the gift that was standing in front of you. In other words, don't miss the point of the gift. That's what he said. In other words... Don't miss the point of the gift. Here's this woman, and she was about to miss an opportunity to have the greatest gift that she would ever receive in her life. She was about to miss the opportunity. Amen. Had she not took a minute and looked at the gift and experienced the gift... And allow the gift to speak to her in such a way that she not treat it as something casual because she would have been in the same state she was in before. Amen. If she would have not received it and worked, she would have stayed in the same state that she was in. What I'm saying to you this morning, church, don't miss the point of the gift. Amen. Don't miss the point of the gift. What we cannot do as the body of Christ is missed the point of the gift. Because this time of year, listen, there's going to be parties, there's going to be celebrations, there's going to be, and all that kind of stuff, there's nothing wrong with it. But you can do decorations and parties and celebrations, and you can do all the Christmas things, and guess what? You can still not know Jesus Christ. You can do all of this, and you can celebrate Christmas. And to celebrate Christmas does not mean that you know Jesus. And the whole point of the gift is John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and that the world would not be condemned through him. That is the gift. That is the message of the gift. Amen. The greatest gift that you and I could ever receive is the gift of God's son. Amen. The greatest gift heaven could give you and I came in the package of Jesus Christ, and we cannot miss the point of the gift. Amen. And he is the gift that makes a difference. He is the gift that changes lives. He is the gift that sets you free. Amen. Give him a shout if you believe it, and I'll keep on moving. Do you believe he is? The gift of Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this. And they're like, what? I'm going somewhere. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians nine fifteen. look at this. Thanks be to God for his indescribable what? Gift. That means a gift that is beyond words. The Apostle Paul was a wordsmith. The Apostle Paul, even scholars to this day, think of the words and the things that he said. He said, I, he, I can't vocalize it. I can't verbalize it. I can't even tell you how good this gift is because it's indescribable. It's an indescribable gift. Thank you it's an indescribable gift. Listen, we got to understand too that all of God's gifts are wrapped in Jesus. Right? Look at Romans 8:32. God did not spare his own son. Look at this. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all gifts? Gives us all things. All gifts. Thank you for that rousing applause. All our gifts are wrapped up in Jesus. You see that? All of God's gifts come through Jesus Christ. The scripture teaches us that. That's why it says God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through, y'all better read your Bible, through Jesus Christ. Read it. He says, I will supply all of your needs according to our riches and glory through Jesus Christ. It comes through Jesus. Hear me when I say this. When I accept God's gift of Jesus Christ, He gives me a new identity. He gives me a new ability. He gives me a new community. And He gives me a new destiny. Amen. And I'm going to say that again for the ones at the top. When you give your life to Jesus, He gives you a new identity. If anyone be in Christ, He is a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. You have a new identity. Amen. Amen says, all things become new and all things come from Jesus. That's what he's said. And we need that so bad right now. Don't we? In a day and time where we're suffering in society and in the church with identity crisis. Amen. We are suffering in our society and in the church with identity crisis. And I just want to take a moment to remind you right now that your identity comes from God. <laughs> Your identity has been determined by God. Your identity is not the clothes you wear, the shoes on your feet, the house you live in, or the associations you belong to. Amen. Your identity is not wrapped up in any of that. And let me go ahead and say this too, that your identity is not what you do. Amen. Don't confuse your role with who you are. Because if you confuse your role with who you are, when your role changes and your position changes, then you change. Oh, you missed it. When you identify yourself, you find yourself subject to being a chameleon Christian and you will change to everything that goes to and fro in your life. You are who God says you are. That is your identity. Amen. Here's when you understand true identity that life may change. Crisis may change. Challenges may happen. But the one thing that stays the same is who God says I am. I'm not my mistakes. I'm not my mess-ups. I'm not my flaws. I'm not my failures. I may have done it, but I am not it. Don't confuse who you are with what you've done. Amen. I, I just want to tell you that. Oh, who needs to hear that? You are who God says you are. Do not confuse who you are with what you've done. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God that says to you, can I tell you that implies several things? Amen. Amen. That implies several things. Number one, it implies it's an unexpected gift. It's an unexpected gift. This woman was on her daily routine. She was doing what she always did, coming to the well. But this day, the monotony of her daily routine was interrupted by an unexpected gift named Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Going about her business, ain't minding nobody, and an unexpected gift shows up. It wasn't on her schedule. It wasn't in her calendar of reminders. It was not a push notification sent to her. Jesus did not slide up into her DMs. I just found out last night what that means. But that day, but that day, listen to me. Jesus showed up unexpectedly. And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever received an unexpected gift? No, none of you. That's a. Have y'all ever received an unexpected gift? Come on. I thought about Mary and Joseph. I thought about Mary and Joseph. To them, it was an unplanned pregnancy, but to God, it was a pre-planned purpose. Amen. What caught them off guard did not catch God by surprise. Amen. And I want to say this to you because there's times when God in his sovereignty will, will bless you unexpectedly. And how many of you in here this morning that you know that God has unexpectedly blessed you in ways that you know it was from God? Yeah, you worked hard. Yes, you serve. Yes, you're a tither. Yes, you give. Yes, you bust your butt at work. Yes, you knew you was going to get a promotion, but it wasn't a promotion like that. Come on, God. You God has unexpectedly blessed you. Amen. Has anyone experienced that? Huh? A check just show up in the mailbox? Y'all know what I'm talking about. A check, you just go check them out and be like... It happens God will bless you at unexpected times with unexpected people in unexpected places that's the heart of our God that's the heart of our God and I want to add a little bit of balance to this because we like the good unexpected but sometimes life will hand you some unexpected things life will throw you a curveball Life will throw stuff at you that you are not expecting. And there are people in this room that are going through the unexpected right now. And I am here to tell you my family is going through it too. We are going through things right now that are not expected. Things you never saw coming. And the only reason I'm saying this is because this is real life. This is real life. But here's the thing. When life hands you unexpected things, you have to know the unchanging. And his name is Jesus. And can I tell you, when you're going through hell, you need a little bit of heaven in your life. And he will see you through. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He don't, listen, let me tell you, we don't just serve the God of the mountain. We serve the God of the valley. (laughs) You have to understand that. When you're going through hell, just put a little bit of heaven in your life. Amen. Amen. Life throws things at us. It's unexpected. It also implies this, guys. Listen. The perfect gift. You see this? The perfect gift. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, she didn't know who she was speaking with. She had no idea who she was speaking with. She didn't know her perspective, prevented her from perceiving the perfect gift. Her perspective prevented her from seeing the perfect gift. Watch this, because he didn't look like what she thought he was going to look like. He didn't look like, the gift didn't look like what she thought it was going to, to her, this was just another man. It was just another man. And the reason I make this statement, you got to read it. If you read her lifestyle, you see why I made that statement. She was accustomed to men, multiple men. Jesus had even told her that you have five husbands and the one you're with now ain't even your husband. Amen. So her coming to a well and just seeing him, ah, here goes another one. I guess it's just another man. I don't know. I'm walking to a well. It can't be anybody important. They're not even supposed to be talking to me. They don't even know what even supposed to be. It's just another man. Her perception and how she perceived him amen he was just another man and I want to deal with this because many people struggle with inadequate views of who God looks like people have the wrong concept of who God is and I'm going to deal with this right now because any picture I want you to hear me church any picture you have in your mind of what you think God looks like and it don't look like Jesus it is the wrong picture of God Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it, church, because I just said a whole mouthful of stuff right there. I just said a whole mouthful and only four of you got it. Jesus is the mirror of God. Jesus is the mirror of God. And any picture of God that does not look like Jesus, the Bible says that he is the express image of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. And if you have this wrong image, you want to know how God reacts? you want to know how God loves? Do you want to know how God treats people? How God loves them? Look at Jesus. Amen. Listen to me. Not only was he the perfect gift for her. Amen. Not only was he the perfect gift for her, but she didn't perceive him the right way. Can I tell you this? Because how you see God is how you will receive from God. How you see God, church, is how you will receive from God. If you view him as a tyrant waiting to punish you and he's mad all the time, come on. People with the wrong perspective, oh, you just think i got this. Oh, he's just going to mess up so he can take me out. No, if that's the case, then the whole cross is contradictory. Amen. Jesus said, I come from heaven to save and seek that which was lost. You have the wrong perception. Amen. All of that counters the cross. If you have the wrong view, he's the perfect gift. Jesus come to snatch you out of hell, not send you to it. He has a redeeming ministry. Amen. It's a redeeming ministry. Look at this. He's the perfect gift. James 1.17 says this. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father lights, from above. Amen. And whom there is no variation. Can I give you a couple more? Oh, yeah. I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm almost done. Hang on. Listen. It's an undeserved gift. It's an undeserved gift. When Jesus came to that woman at the well, and this is what I love about Jesus, y'all. Look at John 4, 9. How is it that you, being a Jew, is talking to me? I'm not worthy. You're asking me for a drink? Look what he said. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The Samaritans were viewed as an unpurebred people. We knew that. We've talked about that. So we don't come into contact. They would go around the city. So they don't come into contact with them people. Come on, church. You know what she was saying? What do I deserve? What did I do? Why are you talking to me? You're supposed to be talking to other people. Do you know my past? Do you know who I am? Do you know what kind of person I am? And that's what I love about Jesus Christ, y'all. Amen. Because to the religious folks, to the religious folks, listen to me, to the religious folks, she was just one of Want to dim people. Amen. Come on, I'm gonna preach right now. I'm gonna preach because y'all know that term, them people. Amen. That kind. Can I tell you something? The gift that God sent to this world, those are the kind that he came for, amen? He came for those who have been alienated. He came for those who have been cast out. He came for the ones that society has written off. He came for the prostitutes and the swindlers. He came for the drug addicts and the liars and the cheaters. He came for all of them. Them people. Them people's who he came for. Amen. The ones society looks down on and declares unworthy. But Jesus said, I left heaven to come down and seek and save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I know you don't deserve it. That's why it's called the grace of God, not the grace of man. Hallelujah. It's called the grace of God, not the grace of man. Man is the only person you ever hear say, I don't have no more grace for that. You ever hear Jesus say that? Did you ever hear Jesus say that? Man says that all the time. I ain't got no more grace for that. Come on, y'all. You don't hear men say, that people say that. Don't confuse the grace of man with the grace of God. The perfect, undeserved gift also came as a personal gift. He came as a personal gift. The Bible says in John 4, 6, that when Jesus got to that well, excuse me, Did you catch it? Look at this. John 4, 6. When Jesus got to that well, he was weary. He was weary. He was weary from his journey, y'all. Did you catch it? He was tired. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He got weary on his way to the well. When he left where he was to get where he was going, he got tired. He got weary. The first sacrifice that Jesus Christ made was not hanging on the cross. The first sacrifice Jesus made was when he left the comforts and the confines of heaven to come down here on earth to take our place. When he left the comforts of heaven, he who was never tired has now subjected himself to weariness. He who was never hungry says now I'm hungry. He who never needed anything to quench his own thirst said I'm thirsty. He said I'm thirsty. When Jesus Christ came from heaven he was willing to lay off all the comforts of heaven inconvenience himself hang on a cross take a beating take the whipping because he had you and me in mind. It is a personal gift. He was willing to go to whatever extent to reach you and to reach me. It is a personal gift. And what I love about Jesus is he went to where the woman was. He went to where the woman was. Well, I wanted a Christmas message. Well, the gospel is a Christmas message. And what I love about Jesus is he will meet you right where you are. Would you stand to your feet for me around him. Stand to your feet around this room. What I love about Jesus is he will meet you right where you are. Amen. I need a couple more minutes. He will meet you right where you are. When Jesus Christ hung on that cross, it was the greatest gift exchange ever. The greatest gift exchange that ever took place. You exchange gifts with your family. You exchange gifts with your friends, your co-workers. But can I tell you that the greatest gift exchange took place over 2,000 years ago on a place called Calvary. (laughs) Hallelujah. What was the exchange? I'm going to tell you. His riches for our rags. His peace for our torment. His righteousness for our sinfulness. His healing for our sickness. Come on, somebody. His healing for our sickness. His presence for our pain. His joy for our mourning. His liberty for our bondage. His strength for our weakness. His hope for our hopelessness. And can I tell you right now, Jesus is in the fire with you this morning. Amen.